Hello and welcome to another edition of The Stew with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Joining me today, my buddy John McGlynn from the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. When the season started, we did a went through the whole schedule, picked over and unders for every team, told you what our, we thought their records were going to be. Now we're going to go back and see how well we did. Stick with us. That's next on The Stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a square up to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. I bet your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sit through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who clicking groups. I introduce John, thanks for joining me here on the stew. We had a long one at the beginning of the year. We broke all these guys down. Now we get to see how we did. Thanks for coming back on the show so we can kind of take the good with the bad, see where we were right, see where we were wrong. Some of them we were real wrong on. Uh, but uh, let, let's just kind of get into it. We're going to go uh, just through the conference. I'm going to tell you kind of what the over-unders were preseason. Well, we did this show early, early in the year, so people were kind of wondering when we did it. We did it right after the schedule came out. So we jumped in early part of the year. Uh, some of our thoughts and changes after free agency happened, but we kind of stuck with what our initial thoughts were going through here. So, John, we came out, the Bills, the favorite in the AFC East, uh, over under on them was 10 and a half on pretty much every site uh, across the board. Me and you both like the bills. I said bills 11 and six to start the year. I was dead on 11 and six. One of the ones I got hundred percent, right? I know you like the bills as well. It isn't maybe what we thought was going to happen with the rough start and the big ending, but they ended up about where we thought they were at the top of the AFC East and in first place at 11 and six. Well, excuse me. Well, I, since you don't have my records on here, we're gonna just gonna go ahead and say I went undefeated in this whole thing. I went thirty-two and zero. So we we were pretty similar on a few. You had a few. You liked unders, where I liked some overs. Uh, the O, like I said, it was eleven and a half or ten and a half preseason. It, they ended up winning eleven. I mean, you both liked the over on this one. Uh, we both thought they'd win the division, and we we hit it. 11, 11 and six is what they finished up, and that's what's uh that's what I had. Uh, written up there uh and i know you're a josh allen guy you like the bills i like the bills in the playoffs moving along here uh we'll talk that about the end of the show uh but uh anything else you got to say about the bills and kind of where you thought they would be and where they finished up no i i mean they had a little rough go for a minute and then all of a sudden they they turned it on towards the end of the season so it, it kind of salvaged their season uh, I'd say, and it wasn't just through the passing game. It wasn't through Josh Allen's arm. It was through the run game. It was through the the defense. It was through just the whole team effort. So it wasn't one of those things where you could just name. I mean, Josh Allen obviously should be. He's pretty close in the MVP MVP talks this year uh, with Lamar, but and Christian McCaffrey and possibly Tyreek Hill. But uh, at, but at the same time. I think it took a team effort at the end of the year to really pull this team together and get them into playoffs. And they're in a real good spot right now. They're, they're running on, you know, all full cylinder, all four all cylinders right now. They look like a team that's going to probably roll the Steelers in the first round of playoffs. I know you don't want to hear that, but nine and a half point spread, something like that. It's, 
they are in a good spot right now. So I kind of expected you're going to trip up, lose a couple games throughout the season, and that's exactly what happened. I, I, I this is pretty much right on, right on par for the course for what we all thought. And um, you know, there's some of the games I thought they might have won, they lost. Some of the games they they should have lost, they won. So uh, it it ended up being even though we didn't get every game exactly correct, they came out pretty uh, pretty powerful course for where we were at. Yeah, we knew this was going to be a tough AFC East. Uh, you know, we thought the Dolphins would be improved. The Jets with Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be in the mix. Uh, so, we, you know, we we figured no team was just going to run away with it, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, the next team we were going to talk about, kind of your, your guys, the Dolphins. So they were uh, second-best odds to win division. Their over-under was 9.5 at the beginning of the year. I thought they would get over that nine and a half. I had them uh, at 10 and seven uh, preseason. That's kind of where I thought they were going to be good, but I knew it was going to be a tough, tough division. They ended up finishing 11 and six. So I got the over then hit it, missed the exacto by one game. Uh, this was a team who on the other side of it, even though they're 11 and six, same as the bills, they feel like they're going the opposite direction heading into the playoffs. Don't you think? They came out like shooting at the OK Corral. Like, I mean, they were on fire when the season started. I think Tyreek was on fire. Two was on fire, which I did not expect. I, you know, I expected them to be good. But as soon as the season started, you could see the progressions that Tua made from last season where he was hitting players in stride instead of waiting, taking sacks, getting beat up, hitting Tyreek in stride, hitting Waddle, you know, using the running backs when, when A-Chain came on. Like, I was like, holy cow, this season is unfolding to be – the Dolphins look like the number one seed for the you know the playoff, probably favorite to win the Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl for the AFC anyway. And uh, a lot of injuries late in the season, a lot of uh, Wild got hurt. I like, seem like every game this entire year going forward. And when when this team is not, what it seems like as soon as they got ahead in games, they were winning. But as soon as they fell behind, they hold they fell apart. And now they they don't have the option of getting ahead of people because Tyreek's banged up a little bit. Waddle's hurt. The defense lost like four players in the last month. So. I think at this point in time, it's it, it, I they may win a playoff game, but I don't think they're going to go very far as much as we expected earlier on in the season what they look like. So it's um you know I, I expected them to win maybe possibly a game or two more than this, but at the same time I you know it is what it is. You win some, you lose some, but I I, I think they're they're just the wheels are coming off the track on the uh, on this on this team. Yeah, I just thought that nine and a half number was something they definitely could hit. I thought they'd be improved. Obviously, tough schedule, but they got to it with 11. A uh, couple losses at the end, or they could have had more. I think the biggest team in this division, uh, if you were jumping on the win-loss records earlier on the year, a lot of people love the Jets. Aaron Rodgers coming in, the great defense that the Jets had. A lot of people thought, hey, man, this team has got a real good shot to win this division and be in the mix in the AFC. Over-under start the year was nine and a half. I thought they were going to be right at that nine and a half line with the schedule, everything, the way it broke down. I had them 10 and seven. I had them finishing right there uh, with the bills and uh, the dolphins. I had bills finishing first at 11, six. I had dolphins at 10 and seven, winning the tiebreaker over the jets at 10 and seven uh, jets ended up seven and 10, which is kind of pretty remarkable. So they went under, but pretty remarkable seeing as a, Aaron Rodgers hurt. What was it? First or second play of the season. And then they just went through the, the absolute ridiculous QB carousel. That was Tim Boyle and uh, Zach Wilson. The defense played phenomenal. They, they, they actually snuck some games out. I didn't think they'd sneak out at all. Uh, So actually at seven and 10, 
the, it went under. So if you had the under, you were, you were golden there. Uh, but they actually won more games than I thought they would with how things worked out. Absolutely. Who would have thought that you lose, you lose possibly what was considered to be maybe the MVP candidate as and your quarterback's uh, position? And still, you know, Zach Wilson was obviously, you know, a, a, a project player. We all knew that going in. That's why they, they you know, signed Aaron Rodgers. But to hold the fourth down with backup quarterbacks all season long and stay in, I mean, it, we all knew the defense was good. And the offense wins games and defense wins championships. But the defense had to go above and beyond to keep the Jets in a lot of these games. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But as far as Miami is concerned, nine and a half, I, I just, as a Dolphins fan, minus two, uh, you know, uh, I, I was kind of uh, the, the you go you went ten and seven here. I was probably a game or two ahead of you, probably eleven and six or you know that kind of thing. But you know it is what it is. It's injuries are a humongous part of this 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 the NFL season. Everybody's got to deal with them. But the Dolphins just seem to get uh you know the handed their fair share of losses on it as far as the injury bugs concerned every season, and this was one of them for sure. Yeah, one of my absolute big misses this year was the Patriots. Now, I didn't think the Patriots were going to win. I thought they would be much more competitive than they were. I did not think that Mac Jones would be the disaster that he was. I thought he at least would be decent. They had a ton of injuries on a very, very good defense. I thought their defense would keep them in it in most games. Things just got off to a bad start for them, and then they just went downhill from there. So the over-under to start the year for the Patriots was seven and a half. I thought with a Bill Belichick team, this guy can do stuff. They got a good defense. It's a tough schedule, a tough division, but I thought they'd be in the mix. I had them eight and nine. So I had them on the over. I had them under 500 and missing the playoffs, but I had them eight and nine on the year. They finished four and 13, the third worst record in the league. Man, when things start falling apart for the Patriots, they just completely fell apart this year. Uh, got off to kind of a rough start, and then it was just ugly the rest of the way. I think the Patriots were by far the underdog to win the AFC East when the season started. All three mm-hmm. teams, that's six games in, in, in the year that you're playing against superior opponents in your own division, and those teams know you pretty well. I mean, it, it's throughout the years you've seen terrible Dolphins teams beat really good Patriots teams when it wasn't expected to, to happen. Uh, you've seen terrible, terrible Bills teams beat the Dolphins when they're on top of the division. So anything could have happened here, but who would have thought the Patriots would have gone four and 13 by, I mean, Ramadre Stevenson being hurt, losing a couple of receivers throughout the season. Then again, the injury bug being a big part of this whole situation with them uh, going four and 13, but I would have never went eight and nine. is probably where I would have had. I would have maybe even said if everybody stayed healthy, because I think Juju was a big component of this team this year. I think people thought we got a slot receiver. We got a quarterback who could throw accurate, but not far. This is going to, things are just going to happen here. And bam, it just, everything fell apart. Yeah, they lost that opener 25-20 in a, in a pretty good battle with the Eagles. And I was like, oh, I was like, see, I think the Patriots are going to compete. Then they came back, lost 24-17 to Miami. Then they beat the Jets without Rodgers in week three. Start one and two. But again, this team, you know, you're like, hey, you know, Miami's good. Eagles are good. They're, they're going to be in the mix. And then they just got worked by Dallas, 38-3. And then that 34-0 game against New Orleans, I think it was when everyone realized, oh, wait. Nah, this Patriots team is not the Patriots team we're used to. From there, it was just ugly, ugly, ugly. They lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Washington. They lost one of the ugliest games of the year to the Colts in Germany, 10-6. to They came back at a 10-7 game against the Giants, 6-0 to the Chargers. I mean, they just could not 
find an offense for their life until the Bailey Zappi monster first half game against the Steelers that to, to kind of break their losing streak. So their one their wins they beat Bills by four, beat the Steelers by three, beat Denver by three, and beat the Jets by five. So again, this team terrible record, but if they can figure out some offense and get a QB, they were in a lot of games even with the injuries and the terrible QB play. I don't think this team is as far from turning around as, as people maybe are thinking right now. If you just look from it on the outside, what do you think? I'm thinking the same thing. I, there's not like any of these games are like, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say any of them. There's one or two games that they got blown out, but it was a par for the course kind of thing for who they played. Every once in a while, someone's going to get the better of you. That's just, it's, it happens to every team, every season. It happens once, you know, but for what we, thought earlier in the season and to what it ended up being. I, I just don't understand how you you're staying in every game. You really can't win any of the big games, but you're staying in every game, but you beat players, you beat teams that you're not supposed to beat and you lose teams. You're supposed to absolutely crush. I, that's, those are things that, that where is the, where is it, where does it level off at? Where, where would uh-huh. you have, you should have lost to those teams, but won four more games versus easier teams versus inferior opponents. I, I, I guess it's a good sign for the future that they were they were in all the games. It's good. It's for bad players. That's that's a sign of good coaching. But uh, I, I, as far as the future is concerned, they have a lot of pieces to fill. And it, the defense, it just seems like no matter what they have on their defense, they, the scheme is always there. They make mm-hmm. they make decent players just fill in to to spots, and they and they do their they, they're coached very well. Just the offense getting going is going to be their that's their Achilles heel. Getting the offense going, the defense is always there. But yeah, we're gonna they're gonna need a couple leaps and bounds, whether it be a new quarterback, whether it be upgraded wide receiver, hopefully a hope a healthy Ramadre Stevenson next year, and maybe they draft a running back every season, it seems like. But so uh, I don't know what what the plan is. Maybe a better tight end, maybe you know, I I thought with with Gasecki and and um uh, you know the the rest of the offense and Hunter Henry and all those other guys, yeah, get them a little more involved. I mean, they were in 12 one score games. 12, right? 12 games, and, and they so again, they just they can figure out a QB and figure out how to get a little more offense to help out that defense. Uh, they could be back in the mix. I think the AFC East is going to be brutal again next year if Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy for the Jets. I mean, that it, again, it's going to be a crazy tough division. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, where that division goes. Another division that we originally thought would be pretty tough and ended up being way worse than we thought it was going to be was the AFC West. The AFC West, you know, we were like, hey, you know, Vegas may be okay. Denver should be good. Chargers should be good. They should be competing with the Chiefs. And it just didn't end up being that way in that division. A few of these teams I was close on. A few of these teams I was way off on. Me and you both took the Chiefs to win the division. I had a my sneaky play was the Chargers to win this division. Originally, I had picked the Chiefs 13 and four. The over under was at 11 and a half. This is one of those teams I looked at the schedule. I thought the offense would be better than it ended up being this year. The defense was way better than I thought it would be. And they ended up finishing 11 and six. So, depending on if you got them at 11 wins or 10, most sites were 11 and a half. So, for me, this actually counted as a loss i had the over at 13 wins and they finished 11 and 6 so that one i missed by half a game so that goes in the loss column which hurts but solid season from them i had 13 and 4 they easily could have won two more games uh 
they were pretty much the class uh, of the AFC most of the year. Uh, they're a team no one wants to see in the playoffs. The offense hasn't been what we expected, but I just you can never count out Mahomes and that group. Uh, they've lost a couple close games. A lot of the games they lost were to playoffs teams, uh, and really, you know, they could have easily got to that 13 wins. They lost by one point to the Lions in Week One, and then they had a, a surprising six point loss to Vegas. Uh, late in the year where they lost 20 to 14 they get that win and they get to the 13 wins that i had them predicted at this afc west was a division that i I think a lot of people had coming into season one of the more powerful divisions and i don't know what happened to the the, you know the raiders especially like later in the season when they changed coaches it seemed like wow the whole team revived everybody wanted to play for a coach for a change And, and they just they seemed like why wouldn't I couldn't they just do that all season long? I, the Chargers have more talent on paper. My I, I, losing Keenan Allen is a big is a big deal, but I, I just think that the team itself has so much talent on there. How, how do you go five and twelve with 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 the Chargers? I, I I don't I don't get that. Like when teams on paper, I understand it's you know fantasy football. We all play, we all love, and and everything looks good on paper sometimes, and not in real life. But there's got to be a, a reason for the the, the uh. The Chargers always underperforming, and like you said, the Chiefs. Uh, it's there's so many drops on this team. Yes, Patrick Mahomes led the league in so many stats and so many of this and that. He led the league in drops. It was the biggest stat that he had. These players were getting the ball, game winning situations. You see MVS dropping balls. You see, you know, Rashid Rice dropped a couple balls. You see everybody across the board just dropping these balls on wide open Patrick Mahomes throws. That's why when they get in the playoffs. Mahomes is going to be one of these guys where nobody wants to face because the ball is on target almost every play. You know, that's that's one of those things where if these guys can catch the ball for a week or actually concentrate and not worrying about getting hit or not taking their eyes off the ball or whatever, they're a team that could just walk into the AFC Championship game without even trying because there's Patrick Mahomes is that good. Yeah, so this was one of those divisions where I had some of my biggest hits and my biggest misses. And most of my two of my big misses were in this division. The Chargers being one, they were my sneaky pick to win the division. They were my sneaky Super Bowl pick. Uh, they were plus three forty to win the division. I like that. They were plus twenty five hundred uh, to win the Super Bowl earlier in the year. I just thought this team was going to put it together. I actually took them the over and I crushed the over. It was nine and a half to start the year. I thought that number was crazy. I couldn't believe it was that low. I thought this team was much better than that. They had so many injuries the year before on defense. I was like, hey, they're going to be healthier. This team is, is going to put it together. I had them at 12 and five and they they flipped the script on me and went five and 12. Unbelievable. I cannot believe this team won five games. They finished off the year losing eight of nine with their only win a six nothing stinker at New England was their <laughs> only winner. They would have lost nine straight to end the year. Obviously, Brand Staley, their head coach, is out as they had to get rid of him. You just can't end the year that way. The Allen injury hurt. Obviously, Herbert missed the end of the year, uh, and Stick went into him. So maybe that's a win here or there, but still. There is no reason this Charger team goes 5-12. and 12. It Absolutely just not. shouldn't happen. And that was my huge miss of the year. They were one of my sleepers, my underdogs. I loved them. Loved them at 9.5 wins. They only get the 5. 
it was just a disaster. I just chalked those losses up early in the year. Uh, it, they got through a little tough stretch where they started two and four, but I thought they kind of turned around. They won two in a row, and they actually got themselves at one point to where they were four and four on the year. And I was like, okay, you know, easier part of the schedule is coming up. This is where they should turn it on. And they completely fell apart. So the the Chargers, hopefully they can add some weapons to Herbert. I felt like he was kind of wasted this year. Um, I just thought they 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 got to get some weapons for him, and that defense has got to improve. They had great names on that defense, but not a lot of those guys showed up and played uh, up to their abilities. Uh, outside of like a Khalil Mack who had a monster uh, comeback yeah. season for them, he was great. But other than that, they just they were very disappointing. Uh, the other side, the team opposite of them, I was way down on the Raiders. I just am not a Josh McDaniels guy. I thought he was going to be terrible. I was not. I did not think the Raiders were going to do anything. The Raiders were seven and a half, and that was at plus 130 for the over. So everybody was kind of pushing the under there. Uh, you could get it at FanDuel at minus six and a half at minus 144 to start the year. They were a plus 1100 to win the division. No one thought they were going to win the division. I was all over the under. I jumped on the under big time. I thought this was a three or four win team. I just thought they were bad. I didn't see how their defense was going to stop anybody. And outside of Josh Jacobs and Adams, I just didn't know what they were going to do. Jimmy G gets replaced. You figure it's done. But then the rookie, Aiden O'Connell, comes in. They replace uh, McDaniel with Pierce. And it's like this team was rejuvenated. A whole new team. They got all these backups. They got guys playing. And the Raiders were a huge surprise. I can't believe they got to eight and nine. Eight wins on this team. So they hit the over crushed my under and really crushed what I thought was going to be a three or four win team. Well, yeah, like I said, they really kind of turned on the second half of the season, but um, that's one of those things where I didn't think, I, I, I mean, having Josh Jacobs on your team is, 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 is pretty good. But even without Josh Jacobs, they did pretty well. So uh, this is a, a change of coaching here. Like I, like I said earlier, what was the trick? I, I, I think getting, getting a coach that nobody likes on the team or they don't respect or they don't they don't want to play for it was the difference here and i think that the raiders themselves were obviously underrated a little bit but 3 and 14 might have been a little bit of a kind of like dumping on them cuz we didn't like them but yeah to go 8 and 9 it's a lot different than we had anticipated yeah, they, they just were a much better team, I thought. I everybody defense played a ton better. They were in a lot of games. They didn't have they weren't in a lot of blowouts. Um they, they were a team uh that they can make a couple pieces, put something together. It'll be interesting to see where they can move do moving forward. Are they are they gonna keep Pierce? That's the question. I man, it's tough not to. I feel like he earned it. It felt like the players loved him. Yes. Last time they had this interim deal, it felt like the Players loved him and they made the playoffs and they didn't hire him. And this one, they just missed the playoffs. So we'll see what they're going to do in Raiders land. But that was a big miss by me on the Raiders last team in the AFC East. This was a team I was spot on. I thought, I thought the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson were going to be better with Sean Payton, but I still felt like they were a middle of the road team. I just, everything to me didn't scream anything great, anything you know, awesome one way or the other. They started the year at eight and a half was the over under for them. I took the under, but just barely. I thought they would be an eight, nine team. They finished right at eight, and nine. 
you know, losing, I think people underestimated how much losing Tim Patrick early in this early in the off season was, was to this team. I think they he was going to be a major part of like the third part of this awesome wide receiving core. And that right there, that damage right there from the, right from the get go was, I don't think they had Marvin Mims slated to be the guy this year. They knew that he'd probably be the future of the team, but not this year. And he wasn't, obviously he wasn't dependable, but Man, that that was a huge blow. I think that a lot of people that the team itself wasn't able to overcome. So that's just how I feel about that. Yep, like I said, they did nothing special for me either way on the on the Broncos. I thought they'd be decent. I thought they'd be in the middle of the road. They were. So I luckily hit that under just barely at the eight and a half. I got it at the eight. So uh, was happy about that. Uh, moving on to the AFC North. Now, this was a division we talked about preseason. Everybody kind of talked about it. This was going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. The AFC just felt really loaded this year. The AFC North, uh, in particular, felt like a lot of really good defenses with just enough offensive power to stay in a bunch of games. Uh, this one was up in the air. If you looked at it preseason, uh, the Ravens were plus 240 to win the division. At over under nine and a half, the favorite that was actually the Bengals at plus 140. They were a over under of 11 and a half. Browns were 425 over under nine and a half. And the Steelers were uh, plus 450 at over eight and a half. So all these teams expected to play pretty well. We obviously will talk about the, the Bengals first. Over under 11 and a half wins. I actually had the under. I like this team. I thought they had a tough schedule. I had picked them preseason 11 and six. So I had the under by half a game. They ended up nine and eight. And once you look at their season, missing Joe Burrow for pretty much hurt the entire uh, preseason comes in, plays at the beginning of the year. Definitely wasn't a hundred percent, had some really good games. Looked like he had them turned around and then he ends up getting hurt again and missing the whole rest of the year. Jamar Chase missed some time. The fact that this team got to nine and eight uh, was pretty remarkable with all the injuries they they endured this year. Yeah, T. Higgins was beat up a little bit. You know, they had to rely on Tyler Boyd sometimes. Where he, you know, he did pretty well. But you know, Andre Yosevis and Charlie Jones were guys. Even Trent Irwin had to fill in some spots where they didn't expect to have these guys being the number one receivers on the team. Joe Mixon did pretty well this year, especially the last game. He looked he looked like he was like an all star. I mean, like a Pro Bowl running back, but. I think this team revolves around Joe Burrow and you just can't have a guy like that go down. And, you know, Jake Browning is underrated quarterback. I think, I think he could be mm-hmm. a starter on a lot of teams in the NFL, but it's uh, just to lose a player uh, of that magnitude as your starting quarterback and Joe Burrow is, is a death sentence for almost anybody. Yeah. And, and I saw a stat as they was the first time in 90 years that every team went over 500 in the division. It's pretty incredible. They wow. only missed the playoffs by one game. No Joe Burrow like half the year, and they finished one game out of the playoffs in the toughest division of football. Pretty, pretty incredible. I think that you know speaks to where the Bengals are going moving forward. I thought their defense was really improved. A lot of their draft picks I've seen the last couple of years have looked pretty good. So I, I think you know a healthy Joe Burrow coming back next year, this Bengals team is going to be right back in the mix. We'll um, see who they could sign in the offseason. They might have a couple yep. of losses if they can't financially make their make their ends meet. But uh, if they can bring everybody back somehow, some way, I mean, the salary cap is fake, as a lot of people know. They look at the look at teams like the Saints and stuff like that, who are $190 million over the salary cap sometimes and still make it somehow balance the budget. But if they if they can uh, 
if they can pull some kind of thing out, like out of the Saints playbook and and, and fudge the salary cap for a season or two, uh, yeah, they they definitely could be all in. Well, let's jump into the next team on uh, in the division, the Steelers. I said the Steelers could make the playoffs. You told me I was crazy. You said there's no way the Steelers team is terrible. I hate Kenny Pickett. There's no way they're making the playoffs. I told you just looking at the schedule, I said it breaks down. I think this team can make it. Now I said, is it going to be pretty? Probably not. But I think they can win a decent amount of games this year. I had actually preseason over under was eight and a half. You know, everybody always talks about Mike Tomlin never had a losing season for the Steelers. Won nine last year, went nine and eight. Right, they just missed the playoffs last year. Ended up getting to 10 and seven this year. They're in the playoffs playing the Bills in the first round. They ended up getting the seventh seed. <clears throat> so they did go with that over eight and a half, which I, I pounded. I told everybody I think this team's at least winning nine, even if they don't make the playoffs. I think they're winning nine. It was ugly to get to nine. I didn't think they'd be in a playing Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph a bunch of games, uh, to get to nine, but they did. They got to 10. I preseason had picked them 11 and six. Missed by one game. Of course, I knew they were going to lose some games they should win and win some they should lose. You know, the two big losses everybody talked about was losing to uh, two-win New England and two-win Arizona in back-to-back weeks, uh, which ended up forcing the change to Mason Rudolph, and then they ended up winning a couple down the stretch to get in the playoffs. Uh, Surprise, ton of injuries on this team, especially on offense and defense, not just Kenny Pickett ton of injuries all around for the Steelers, but man, somehow Tomlin got it done again, got him to double-digit wins, and got him in the playoffs, even if it was ugly. Is Kenny Pickett injured, or is he benched? Or you know, I didn't like Kenny Pickett from the get-go. I know you're a little big Kenny Pickett guy, but Mason Rudolph seems to be the guy that's in there right now, even though Kenny Pickett looks like he's okay to play. Yeah, I think you've got to stick with Rudolph right now. I mean, even if Kenny Pickett ends up being your guy next year, I think the way that he's been banged up and the way that Rudolph's playing right now, I think you got to stay out Rudolph the hot hand. I understand that he's a third string quarterback, but he's also not your typical third string quarterback. He's a guy they t- took uh, as a day two pick a couple years ago to re- originally to replace Ben Roethlisberger. They thought he was going to be the guy. Uh, I-, I liked him early in his career. He took some massive hits. Uh, a couple games in a row a few years back, and he looked like he just was gun-shy ever since then. Yeah. Uh, he's looked way better uh, these last couple games. Do I think the Steelers can go far in the playoffs? Not with the injuries. They got a bad matchup with the Bills. I think they're in trouble. But I, I thought it was a fantastic job by Tomlin to get to 10-7 and seven and make the playoffs, and they hit all my overs, so I'm always happy when, when that happens. I agree with that. I think Tomlin did a really good job this year of keeping them above 500 and. Uh, you know, we talked about a last show about is 500 okay anymore? Is that the way to go? Is that is that good enough anymore? Just being over 500, and you had you had responded that a lot of teams would love to be 500 or just over 500 every year, like like Tomlin is. So it's uh you know it's an accomplishment for sure, and and to to have figured out the running back position now and had that one two punch, you know, with some pretty damn good running backs on the team. It's lucky to have a lot of teams don't have you know the Najee Harris and the Jalen Warren. Uh, you know, one-two punch, and the Steelers kind of are working that pretty well. Sometimes it's a Jalen Warren week, sometimes it's a Najee Harris week, uh, you know, but George Pickens, Deontay Johnson came up one week or, you know, a couple weeks this season. Al Robinson was a humongous failure, but, uh, you know, that's the team just did what they had to do with what they had, and, and they got it done. 
Yeah, I, I and I'll save this for a uh, our fantasy wrap up part of a show. But man, Najee Harris, I know he he just got so much hate this year. And if you go back and look at the final season stats, he actually had a pretty solid year uh, yeah. overall. When you you compare him to every other NFL running back this year, how bad it was across the running back landscape. He took a lot of on uh, unwarranted in my mind, unwarranted heat. Uh, but we'll bring that up when we talk about the fantasy final part of the season. We'll get back to this. Another team I don't want to say I was crazy wrong on, but I was slightly wrong on, and I know I had some people writing me about it, was the Cleveland Browns. So their over-under to start the year was nine and a half. I didn't like them. I took the under. I just I was not sold that Deshaun Watson had made it back, that he was going to be the Deshaun Watson at old. I just, I just didn't see it coming. I thought the defense would be great and keep them in games, but in a tough division and this, just the way the schedule worked out, I had them going under the nine and a half wins, and I actually had them at eight and nine and just missing the playoffs. Somehow, Joe Flacco saves the day. Another guy I've given plenty of hate to in his career, but man, he came in and played phenomenal for them to go along with that defense. Ended up getting the Browns to 11 and six record. They ended up getting the fifth seed in the playoffs, covered uh, by got, got that extra game over, covered the over in this one. I know you were a little higher on the Browns than me during the preseason. I think everybody's higher on the Browns when they had Nick Chubb in the backfield. That, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you lose a guy like Nick Chubb, who the it, actual the entire team was built around was Nick Chubb. I mean, that's Deshaun Watson is making all the money on this team. But Nick Chubb is the backbone. He's the, the the way, the truth, and the life for this offense. And when he went down, I I I, I was a big, huge fan, uh, you know, of uh, Jerome Ford. I like Cream Hunt was a nice addition too. But I was a big fan of Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford kind of uh, he looked good some days, looked bad some days. He definitely is not Nick Chubb. But I, uh, you know, what what Joe Flacco did to salvage this team season was amazing especially you know who another player on the team that should get a lot of credit is david and joku the way he stood the way he uh stood out when he needed needed him the most he really kind of uh because some of the players on this team just weren't i think a lot of people expected elijah Moore to make a big jump this year uh amari tumor amari cooper did very good this year too but he he had some really really big games he got lost other games but the way that david and joku kind of uh set this team up for, for for success was uh Kind of uh, astonishing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the fact that they won four out of their last five, obviously the last game of the year they sat a lot of their starters as they had already had the fifth seed locked up, so I don't really count that one. But they won four straight to get in. It was pretty amazing. I mean, so you you look at this team. They were on the outside looking in. They were, they were sitting at, you know, at seven and five, like right on the mix, and they won four straight to get to 11 and five. Pretty unbelievable uh, play right there. And I hate to say it, I don't know if Deshaun Watson, if he was in, if this team would be in the playoffs. I really don't. I He just did not look good this year. He looked out of sorts, see if they can figure it out. But, man, Joe Flacco has the Browns uh, humming. And they're uh, the fifth seed. They're playing at Houston in the first round. And a lot of people are taking the Browns as a uh, as a road favorite in that game. So be interesting. But that was a team I was a little down on. They played a little bit better than I thought they would. Uh, but I missed that as I took the under instead of the over on the Browns. Now the surprise of the division, I you know, I, it's tough to say they're a complete surprise as the as the Ravens were you know second 
favorite to win the division. They came in at nine and a half uh, on most sites. Uh, you could get some ten and a half, uh, depending on what site you looked at earlier in the year. But they were nine and a half uh, over under wins for the Baltimore Ravens. I liked what I saw out of them. I thought Lamar was going to have a good bounce back year. I liked the defense. I took them at eleven and six. Uh, preseason. I had them in the over. I thought they'd cover that nine and a half. I thought at 11 and six, it, they would tie the Bengals for first place in the division and it would come down to a tiebreaker because I had them both at 11 and six and I had the Steelers at 11 and six and the eight nine for the Browns. So that one I had down to a tiebreaker. I thought it was going to be close. It ended up being close, but not as close as the Ravens came out and just put it to people. Looked really good. 13 and four record for them. Imagine if they had J.K. Dobbins healthy this whole year long, too, How what would they, what they would have been. I bet you they would have won probably two more games. Yeah, they were good. I mean, they again, another year where they just started signing running backs off the street because everybody kept getting hurt. Gus Bus had double-digit touchdowns. Uh, Lamar looked pretty solid. He had some games where the wide receiver core let him down, but uh, OBJ's looked pretty good. Uh, Bateman's had some okay games here and there uh, outside the drops. I mean, the fact that this team's still doing what they're doing without Mark Andrews is pretty impressive that he went down with a season-ending injury. Isaiah Likely has been a nice uh, tight end for them. He's had some big touchdown catches uh, down the stretch for them. But this team really relies on their defense. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, those guys have been phenomenal. The D-line has been much, much better for them as far as getting pressure on the QB. And I think the Ravens are real contenders. They got the number one seed. It's you know, as I know it's a little funny to say, hey, the number one seed's a contender in the playoffs. Like obviously they are. Uh, but I, I think this this Ravens team, um, I think some of these other AFC teams are a little beat up and a little suspect. I kind of like where this Ravens team is at. I love where this Ravens team is at right now. They they seem to be firing on all cylinders. They're they're everything's in place. They figured it out. Lamar Jackson's playing at all pro level right now. Uh, throughout the season, he has pretty much. So, I, I unfortunately, I, you got to look at them as a favorite to win the AFC right now. I mean, they just it's them and the Bills. I think are are head and shoulders above everybody else. But I think they're they're a little bit better team than the Bills are all around. Yeah, they won six straight before the last game of the year against the Steelers where they sat most of their starters because they had already clinched the number one seed. They had won six straight before that in two really impressive wins over the Niners and the Dolphins. And that, excuse me, sorry about that, uh, that Niners win. The Niners have been my team all year that I thought was going to win the Super Bowl. I thought they were my favorite. When they came out and won at San Francisco, I was like, man, this Ravens team is no joke. I think they're really in the mix. I that that to me was one of the more impressive wins of the season. Yes, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. All right, jumping out of the AFC North, we finish up through them. Uh, we head to the AFC South. Now, this one was one of those divisions everybody was kind of ripping at the beginning of the year. Everybody in this division is going to be bad. A bunch of rookie QBs. Who's going to be able to do something? I said we get a surprise out of this division. At the beginning of the year, I said that the, the schedule is lined up where one of these teams is going to end up having a double digit win season that we didn't see coming because the schedule is just too easy. And if somebody gets hot, they can make it happen. I will originally talk about it. My team to do that was the Indianapolis Colts. Colts only four wins last year. Over under was six and a half. I know you thought I was crazy. crazy. I said they're going over easy, easy. I said they're going over six and a half. 
you were not on board with that. You were like, I don't know about this team. A lot of holes. I actually predicted them 11 and six. I really went out there. I thought that this team with, with AR and striking as the new head coach and a healthy defense, I was like, this team, I think can make some noise because they have a really, really easy schedule. And a lot of the games just matched up well for them. They almost got there, John. They almost got there. Nine and eight. They lost an absolute heartbreaker to the Browns that I'm going to try to not get angry about. I almost got thrown out of the stadium because I was yelling so much at the two horrible calls at the end of that game, which I said was going to end up being the decisive game that they were not going to make the playoffs because they missed that game. That game cost them the playoffs. They could have been 10 and seven. They still had a chance to win the division and go 10 and seven and make the playoffs be one game away from my prediction. And they just would have beat Houston in that last game. I was at the game, wild game, great game. Minshew missed some throws and I can't believe they didn't have JT in the game on that fourth down play, but they end up getting upset, but you gotta be honest. Pretty impressive season for the Colts, especially when you looked at after we picked this, both their starting cornerbacks uh, were gone. One got traded, one got suspended from the year, and then they ended up having AR, Anthony Richardson, their number four pick in the draft, ended up only playing a couple games before he got hurt and had to go out with season-ending uh, surgery and a backup Gardner Minshew. I told you in the preseason episode, I thought even if Gardner Minshew started all year, that he was good enough and the Colts would be good enough to get to 10 wins and make the playoffs. I was this close. You were 100% that close. And I, I don't get me wrong. I think a lot of people know what Gardner Minshew is all about and his talents, but I think he overachieved a little bit. Zach Moss, I, I would think that Zach Moss was the early season MVP for this team because he went ham the first couple of games when they needed him the most. So, uh, you know, and then JT came by and eventually the, 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 the tables had turned where JT's the lead back. And, but Zach Moss taking over the reins with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, I salvage the team because Michael Pitt was beat up a little bit this year. Alec Pierce, that's your boy, Alec Pierce. He had some big plays, but he wasn't consistent. Josh Downs showed some flashes mm-hmm. too. Their, their future is real bright, man. I, I I mean, I like this Colts team. I didn't see it this year, but I, I knew that they, they had uh, next year when everybody's healthy and everybody's back on the same page. Uh, you know, I hope they keep Zach Moss around as a, as a one-two kind of tandem punch because he's a underrated talent, you know, but – uh, I, I didn't see, I, I did not see eye to eye with you, but now I see what you're seeing. You go to all the games, you, you're a big Colts fan. So, uh, you're a little more to me, but, uh, you know, a lot more to me anyway, about this, this entire roster makeup and how they play together, but losing Pittman for a couple weeks kind of hurt him a little bit too. So, um, uh, I'm happy yeah, for they you were, they, they, were, they ended up. I appreciate it. They were on the verge. Now let's talk about, like, I thought they were going to be that surprise team. I thought they were going to be the division. They were my division winner pick. I, I, I had the Jags right there with them. I had them tied with them winning in a tiebreaker over the Jags to win the division. But the team that was the big surprise, we'll get to the bad here in a minute. Let's talk the good. We talked <laughs> about the good of the Colts. Let's talk about the good that is the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud coming out of the draft, coming into the draft, originally was my guy. I He was my QB one. I wanted the Colts to get him so bad. He ended up going to the Texans, and man, he just helped turn that whole franchise around. The job he did this year, just phenomenal. And this Houston team, I even though they got CJ and I love CJ, I was just out on them. I just didn't think they had enough pieces. I was like, I like the hire of Domingo Ryans. I was like, I think this team 
is going in the right direction. I just think it's going to take a while. And man, was I wrong on that. They came out and I thought this team, I, I really thought this was one of the three worst teams in the league. I thought they were a three win team. Uh, I just, I just didn't see it. I had them three and 14. The Vegas liked them more than me. They had them at six and a half, the same as the Colts. Um, I had them at three fourteen. They ended up being 10 and seven, winning the division, beating the Colts in the final game of the season to get that win. As we all know, last year, they beat the Colts in the final game of the season and lost the number one overall pick because of it. Ended up working out as they ended up getting CJ Stroud at number two instead of number one. So that was great for them there. But what a turnaround for this for this Houston Texas team to be essentially the worst team in the league last year, and then then turn around and go ten and seven to win the division. I mean, just an un- incredible job all around. I thought it was a terrible mistake to take Tank Dell, this this super small wide receiver. Like, what are you doing here? He ended up being able to good. He started out great, and then he got hurt. I'm like, okay, well, that was the flash in the pants. And I tr- and then all of a sudden, Eagle Collins showed up, and then Noah Brown had his weeks, and then Robert Woods had a couple good. Even Xavier Hutchinson had, uh, you know, some decent games there too. I thought John Meshi was going to be the guy that was going to step up in this offense, but he never really kind of, he never did. He never really like, not ever like was the guy at all. So uh, Devin Singletary, we all know was a good running back, but he had some really good games. Pretty much knocked out uh, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is relegated now to nothing but a special teams kick returner and a punt returner sometimes. But man, what a, a lot of changes in this team. They 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 adapted and they overcame to all of their deficiencies and all their injuries and everything else. And they they you know as as people were not they were not afraid to pull a trigger on people to put in better players or give people better opportunities. And man, did it work out? A surprise of the year for sure in the Texans. Yeah, they, I just I they were the one team that I just did not see coming at all. Devin Singletary. I got my sweatshirt on here, FAU Owls, Uh, Devin Singletary, an FAU Owl guy. I've always been a Devin Singletary guy, and I just I was pumped to see him play. He helped me in a ton of fantasy leagues down the stretch. But, man, I tell you what, for how bad everyone said this AFC South is going to be forever, this is all of a sudden looking like a pretty interesting division with C.J. Stroud on Houston, Amy Richardson coming back for the Colts. Now let's talk about the two disappointments in the AFC that's number one disappointment was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody was taking the Jags to win this division after they made the playoffs last year, had the nice win over the chargers. Everything. Okay. Jags are on the way up. Their over under was nine and a half and in a fairly weak division. I actually thought they would beat that nine and a half. I thought that was uh, pretty reasonable for them to win. I thought they would get to 10, even 11 games. I had them 11 and six. They just missed the over under. They finished nine and eight with an absolute collapse. So if you had the over nine and a half wins for the Jags, you are irate right now as this team just fell apart down the stretch as they lost five of their last six, five of six to not get to 10 wins and not win the division. They just needed one more win and they would have been won the division in the playoffs. Couldn't get it done. Trevor Lawrence just got beat to a pulp this year. He was injured nonstop. He tried to play through a ton of injuries. You could see in the games, if you watch him, he was not the same Trevor Lawrence. Passes were sailing on him. He did not have very good accuracy. You could tell he was injured and trying to play through. I I don't know what you think, John. Is this you know something that's we're going to see a lot of more to come for the Jags? Or you think, hey, he was beat up. He's going to get healthy next year. They're going to figure it out. And 
it, it's this is going to be a really competitive division because that's kind of what I think. I retweeted a tweet today that Ian Hart has put out. It showed 19 touchdowns that were dropped in the end zone that Trevor Lawrence threw to his players throughout the season. It was all Trevor Lawrence drops this season. And it's like if he would have thrown all them passes that were dropped in players' hands in the end zone or stepped out of bounds or just dropped it because they tried one-handed catching it, if you would have had those catches made, 19 more touchdowns, where would this team be right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, this you know team's that? in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. This sure. team's a 10 or 11 win team and in the playoffs. At least. At least, and I know and that's what, and what I know, they have. I was gonna say, me and you, I know, are big two T Law guys. We've we've shouted that we love T Law. We've acquired him in fantasy all over the place. And I I remember texting you a couple times. I'm like, are, if you're not watching these Jags games, they are brutal. The amount of drops, the amount of times guys only got one foot in in the end zone and didn't get a touchdown. I remember watching one game early in the year, and they had at least three plays where a guy either dropped it outright, dropped it caught it but only got one foot in or or like dropped it going out of bounds on the one yard line right at the goal line i'm like these are just brutal yeah i believe long term in trevor lawrence i mean I, we were in a startup draft together this year and, and i passed up guys like jalen hurts and i passed up uh you know the, the handful of other quarterbacks uh justin fields and everybody's like what are you doing how would you take trevor lawrence i think trevor lawrence is an all-around better quarterback and the cream's gonna rise to the top at some point in time I think they need a, a you know a better wide receiver than Calvin Ridley on this team. Even though Calvin Ridley is pretty good, but they're going to need a, a a one big stud, one better stud, or one just ball hawk kind of go getter to go along either with Christian, either with Calvin Ridley or Christian Kirk or whoever uh, to to make this happen because he can't. They can't keep having these guys who are adequate. I would call them as receivers yeah. dropping these balls in in, in terrible in good situations. I'll tell you what though, Evan Ingram, what, well he was number what. A fantastic uh, tight end again this year for the team, and then oh, his, yeah, his stats were ridiculous, uh, unbelievable. And, and Tra- Travis Etienne did a, a lot better job than I thought he was going to do this year. I'll, t- I'll give Travis Etienne his props, also. Yeah, if you look at the uh, stats for this year, I, Ingram, his biggest problem was was scoring touchdowns. He had 114 catches. 963 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. 114 catches. I think the big thing for me. When when Christian Kirk went out, I that was it was a difference maker. I thought I thought all those guys were not as good with without Christian Kirk in the game. He only played twelve games this year. He had fifty seven catches, seven hundred eighty seven yards, and three touchdowns before he went out with the injury. Ridley, if you look at his season stats, ended up being very solid to end the year. But man, he had so many games he just disappeared and showed just got you zero points. He went with 76, 76 catches, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, which, you know, looking overall, you're like, that's pretty good. But he also missed a lot. He had a lot of drops. He, has, he could have easily had double-digit touchdowns. Yep. Zay Jones was a huge disappointment this year. He was banged up a lot. I liked him as a sneaky play on this team. He was banged up a ton, and when he played, he, he did not look great. I don't think this team is as bad as people make him out to be. I think it was the combination of the injuries, T-Law just trying to get it together. And this defense was a lot more disappointing than I think people expected with how many top-end picks they have on the defensive side of the ball. For their defense not to be better than they were, I think uh, was a little bit it. But if you're a fan of the AFC South, I man, you got Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, and C.J. Stroud moving forward. I, this is some – you're going to see some great battles over the next couple of years, and we'll talk about a, the next guy. 
a guy I'm not a fan of. I know you like him, and, and I think I'm maybe a little lower than some people. Um, but the Tennessee Titans, uh, they they kind of finally moved on from Ryan Tannehill. They jumped into Will Levis. It looks like they're possibly going to move on from Derrick Henry after the year. This was a team that was I didn't think was going to be very good. I just felt like they, um, talent-wise, they were just on the other side. I didn't like their defense. I didn't like what they were bringing back. They were the longest uh, shot to win the division at plus 400. They were over-under wins was at 7.5. So, uh, so, excuse me, they weren't the longest shot. They were second uh, best odds to win the division, even though their over-under was only 7.5. So that tells you something. That 9.5 for the Jags, 6.5 for the Colts, 6.5 for Houston, and 7.5 for, for Tennessee. Colts, Houston both go under. Jags just missed it. They should have went over. So it should have been three of the four teams over. Tennessee was the one team I did not like. I had them at 4-13 and 13 in the preseason. I just felt like they were going to get some injuries. I thought they would go to young guys late and just try to get some uh, – See that we'll see what those guys had, and that would cause some late losses. They ended up doing a little better than I thought. They ended up finishing six and three, so I still won my under bet as I had under seven and a half. But they won a couple more games than I thought they would do. Uh, this team feels like in transition, isn't it, John? Yeah, well, they just fired the head coach this morning. They, uh, you know, probably gonna get rid of their yep. big running back, Taji Spears, is, is, a, is good. I'm not sure he's a lead back. I honestly think they bring Derrick Henry back. I don't think they have a choice. Tajay Spears, I don't think is a three down back, even though he's pretty good, but man, I think they expected so much more from Traylon Brooks at this point in time. And he's just not delivering. He's always hurt. He doesn't produce when he's on the field. DeAndre Hopkins can only do so much. Uh, you know, so I, I'm not, even though I joke around with you, cause I know you hate Will Levis. I, I, I do like Will Levis. I, I see a lot of you know, his arm strength and his ability and his, you know, he's starting to read defenses a little bit better. You know, every, it seems like he's getting a little bit better progressing instead of regressing like some other guys in the league that, you know, I, I don't like, or, or used to have hope for. I think if they bring another coach in here and they bring Derrick Henry back, which I'm not sure that's the right thing to do, bring Derrick Henry back. Maybe he, he needs to be on a team that's in, in win now mode instead of a uh, kind of rebuild team. I'm not saying that, 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 that the Tennessee Titans are in rebuild, but they don't seem to be, where this division's going, they're going the opposite way. So, uh, I I don't know how long Hopkins is going to be around for. Burks really has to step up, or they will be in rebuild. Like they will be in rebuild. Like this is it's it's what's going to happen. So yeah, and even though I'm not a Levis guy, I think whoever comes in either has to make a decision right away. We either Will Levis is going to be our guy for this year, and maybe the next year going forward, we got to see 100 percent what he's got, or we got to move on and get somebody different right away. I just didn't think they can't mess around. I think if you want to give him a shot, I think he, I think he, with the way he played last year, I think he's earned a shot to yeah. try to get, you know, better. Uh, again, I'm not doubting his talent. The reason I didn't like him, I felt like he was going to be a turnover machine in, in the NFL. I was really nervous about him just throwing a ton of picks uh, and turning the ball over. Uh, but the guy has a cannon arm. I, he definitely has that athletic ability and he's a fighter. So if they want to give him a shot, I think. Uh, now's the time. I'm just nervous uh, for Titans fans. I just don't. I just think they're in a total. I feel like they're in a total rebuild. They're just I right the there. Team, 
yeah, the team's built around a play action pass with Derrick Henry, and I think that they blitz uh-huh. a lot on him. And if it's not a if it's not a handoff to Derrick Henry, which they stack the box, they shut down Henry, or they're, they're in Will Levis' face within a, a second of him having the ball, like when, when he's trying to roll out or trying to you know take a five step drop or a seven step drop and a play action pass, and it's not fair to Will Levis. So maybe it is. Maybe you should move on from Derrick Henry, so he's not put in that situation where he's just pressured all the time. Yeah, let's move on to the NFC now. Uh, we'll try to uh, move through this one slightly faster. So starting on the <laughs> NFC East, Cowboys, uh, they were the favorites, uh, plus 190. Actually, let me look and see what the, the Eagles were actually were the favorites at minus 120. Uh, Cowboys were second favorite at plus 190 to win the division. Over-under was nine and a half. I thought the Cowboys were better than that. I, I Going through the schedule, I like the over. I took them at 10 and 7. They easily crushed that and finished uh, 12 and 5 and won the division. Uh, Dak had a good year. Cowboys were uh, pretty solid all around. CeeDee Lamb is, if not one of the top three wide receivers in the league, maybe even the top one wide receiver in the league. He did so good this year. But the problem is, is I don't know what this team does. They There must be some kind of a... Uh, kryptonite in the opposite in the opposing team's uh, locker rooms on, on when they're on away team because they are a whole different team when they're playing away away and tony pollard is he is on he's probably the twilight of his career right now because he barely he's trudging he's i don't know how you call it stumbling through the rest of the season right now he's he, he looks good sometimes but some days he looks really bad so and rico Donald's a good backup but that's all he is is a backup he's not the guy that can just take over if something happened to Pollard. so they need to focus on the running back. That's probably their biggest glaring need next year. Yeah, but I, 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 this team, I think as long as they can get home games, I think they can go far in the playoffs. But uh, I think they're going to still be in the mix. Of that. I mean, a lot of Dak hate in the offseason. And now you, there's quite a few people say he's a lead dog for MVP award. Uh, so pretty interesting to see kind of how that changed around for them. Now let's talk about the Eagles. They were the team that everybody kind of had favor coming off the Super Bowl. I loved the Eagles this year. I thought they were going to avoid the Super Bowl hangover uh, from the loss. Their over-under number was 11.5, pretty high, one of the highest in the league. I took the over. I had them at 13-4. and four. I just thought this team, even despite uh, a tough schedule, I thought they were going to roll they ended up finishing at 11 and six, but they went one, two, three, four, five, five. They won one out of their last six games. So one in five down the stretch, this team absolutely fell apart after just a phenomenal start to the season. They fell apart down the end. Now they're on the road at the bucks in the playoffs. And I can't believe I saying this, but I think I'm taking the bucks. This, this Eagles team does not look good. The defense was expected to be phenomenal. They've been subpar all year. The secondaries really struggled. I can see Mike Evans going off. I still think this Eagles team is really good. I like where they're headed. But, man, you saw the difference when they lost their offensive defensive coordinators this year. This team has just not been the same, especially down the stretch. I'm looking right now to see what's the story with A.J. Brown because he hurt his knee the last no updates, minus uh, just saying that he was okay. He met everybody in the locker room after the game and that uh, he should be fine to play. But, I mean, obviously that would be a devastating loss. I love Devonta Smith too, but you can't afford to lose a player like that, especially the way you're playing right now. And to lose a player like A.J. Brown going into playoffs would be – I mean, that would be a devastating – I don't. I can't see at that point in time – I can't see them even hanging, hanging in with the Buccaneers if that was the case. But but uh, you can only get so far with the tush push and, and uh, you know, the running backs they have. But, um, no, it's – the Eagles are – they're they're 
for what everybody thought and how they started the season and how it ended the season, man, it's 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 going downhill big time for them. Yeah, they were they were my team. I, I took the Niners were, were my original pick in the NFC. The Eagles, I said, were my number two team. I thought it was going to be a race between those two teams. And man, yeah, the injuries have piled up on the Eagles. Things have just fallen apart on them. They're just going the wrong direction. And again, for a team that was so dominant at the beginning of the year and looked so good to start things off, uh, they finished eleven and six. Just missed out on the division uh, with the with the loss to the Giants in the last game of the year, which was real disappointing for most Eagles fans. The fact that they didn't get the over with the loss to the Giants blows my mind. The fact that they get hit under there, uh, I thought that would have been a for sure over for them this year. And you saw they had to go to absolute collapse mode down the stretch not to get the over. So that was that was one of those bets I was uh, super disappointed in because I thought that was a, a for sure hit. It looked so good uh, to start off the year. Uh, two other teams in that division, the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders, the Giants made the playoffs. People were really, you know, weren't sure how to look at them in the offseason after kind of the bounce back year last year. Their over-under was eight and a half to start the year. I thought they would be better than they were, but I also thought Daniel Jones would play all year, and he missed most of the season. So they ended up with a better record. I thought I had the under. I originally took them eight and nine and had them missing the playoffs. They ended up finishing six and 11, so only two games difference than what I had, which if you would have told me Daniel Jones is going to miss the whole season and they'd have to play Danny DeVito, or sorry, not Danny DeVito, um, <laughs> DeVito, I, I can't believe I'm playing Tommy DeVito. first name. Tommy DeVito, thank you. Tommy DeVito, ex-Illinois and Syracuse quarterback. If I if I would have known they were going to play him as much as they do, I was like, this team's not going to win five games. So the fact that they got to six I thought was pretty surprising, uh, but it did hit the under for me. Outside of Daniel Jones being hurt, I kind of expected some regression from the Giants, and this season's kind of what I expected outside of the Jones injury. I drafted Daniel Jones in like the second round or the early third round in a lot of, a lot of uh... – drafts as my second quarterback and I had Darren Waller who everybody knew that the offense was going to funnel from Daniel Jones to Darren Waller as a number pretty much a number one receiver on this team let alone tight end like number one receiver on this team so when Waller had a bunch of injuries Daniel Jones went down they still tried to funnel the, the offense through Waller and he, when he went down it was Daniel Bellinger wasn't going to cut the mustard so it was you know Jalen Hyatt they had the Jalen Hyatt showed a lot more flashes than I thought I was not a big Jalen Hyatt fan but he actually looked pretty good in some some games this year but uh, man, you had you had Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, guys. Rondell, uh, Wondell Robinson had a couple decent games. Uh, it was uh, this team was just a match four hundred seven seven unit. You know, it is what it is. But it, it, not not what I thought. What what I what I had this season when the season started to where it ended up, I was one hundred percent wrong on this Giants team. Well, wrong I guess because of the injuries, but. Yeah, next uh, would be the Commanders. I was just praying, hoping and praying for a Sam Howell season. I wanted him to get a shot. I thought he should get the whole year to start. He pretty much started the whole year. He, fantasy-wise, was a top-10 guy most of the year. He had some turnover issues. The interceptions were way up there. I think he ended up leading the league in picks. I'm hoping he gets a shot if it's not with Washington next year because they go QB in the draft. It's somewhere else. But this team... A lot of injuries on defense. They ended up trading away a bunch of players midseason, especially their their stud defensive ends. It looks like this team is is, is set to completely rebuild. Ron Rivera, I think, is 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 finally is gone. out officially. So yep. he's officially out, uh, which pretty much everyone thought with the new ownership they were just going to make wholesale changes. I think that's probably the right move. 
I thought this team would be improved and be in games, but I didn't think they would win a lot. Over under was six and a half. I took the under. I had them at five and 12. They ended up finishing four and 13. I tell you what, I was under the impression that Ron Rivera was going to be here. It got kind of like see his way out. They do pretty well. Maybe even make the playoffs and Eric Bianami would take over and it turned into a shit show. I'm not even sure Eric Bianami is going to be the offensive coordinator next year for this team. So I don't know what he's going to do, but that he, he seemed to be the heir apparent heir apparent to this job when the season started. But yeah, that's I, I Sam Howell imploded. Brissett came in, looked pretty good for a couple of weeks. Then he got hurt and it's, they're just sticking with Sam Howell now to see what they have for the next regime. But man, uh, it, I was, and we all know, who I wanted to do succeed, Antonio Gibson. We I talk about him every week on my show. Uh, he just kind of – the offense didn't use him. I, I know he's not like a great between-the-tackles guy, but, man, you could use him as a running back out of the backfield, put him in a slot somewhere. Brian Robinson looked way better than I ever would have thought Brian Robinson oh, did. It, and even even I mean, sure. even Chris even Chris Rodriguez came in and looked pretty good, which I thought that guy was a slow version of, of, uh, of Brian Robinson. And he came in for a game or two. We, of course, he you now he went on IR later in this later in the season after he got his couple chances. But I can't believe how good Brian Robinson looked this year. To kind of, I'm not going to say salvage what was a shitty running back uh, room, but he did pretty well. Yeah, I I was not a Brian Robinson guy. I was out on him. I didn't have him anywhere. I he had a much better season. Than I thought they got to figure out a way to get Terry McLaren the ball. Uh, Terry just an absolute stud. He had so many games where he just didn't even have targets for just huge periods of time. I thought we'd have a big Johan Dotson second year. Um, I I was on him on the over on a lot of his stuff, and he just he just didn't break out. I thought it was going to happen, and it didn't happen. So they, they're definitely going to need to make some changes. They need to add some offensive weapons on that team. They're kind of where I thought they were going to be. I'm glad Howell got the chance, like I said. Hopefully, he either gets another chance next year if they decide to not go QB in the draft. They do go QB. I just want to see him end up somewhere else so he gets another chance to play because I think I think he showed some stuff this year, and I think he has the ability to be you know, a starting QB in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to the NFC West. Let's just start off with, with the team that I took at the beginning of the year I thought was going to win the Super Bowl. They were my favorite. San Francisco 49ers. I know a lot of people, they were right up at the top of people's list. I just thought defensive-wise, offensive-wise, love Christian McCaffrey. I thought having a full season of him would be a big difference maker. This team has looked great. I had my best record on them. The over-under was 10.5. I was hammering the over on that. I thought there's no way this team doesn't win 11 games. I had them at 14-3, and by far the best record in the league. Chiefs I had as the second best record in the league along with the Eagles. Item 14 and 3, they were right there. They ended up finishing 12 and 5, and they also gave away the last game, lost 21-20, where they sat a bunch of guys. So that's only one game different. And then the Baltimore game, you knock out that Baltimore game. They had a little lull in the beginning in the middle of the year after a great start. And then they just crushed the finish this year as they, you know. They went seven out of eight at one point with that Baltimore loss being the one in there. So I think this team's prime, ready to go for the playoffs. Me and you were hoping it was Sam Darnold at the helm. It ended up being Brock Purdy all year. Purdy had a pretty good season. I was, 
I'm on the CMC should be MVP bandwagon. I think I'm out there maybe by myself as everyone else thinks it's got to be a QB. I like Purdy. I thought he had a great year. I was really surprised about how good he was, but I thought this team overall would be really good defensively and offensively. And they, they were pretty much what I thought we were going to get from the Niners. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that foursome right there is – Absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can't think of four better players in the team. And I said earlier, on my, we were on my show, George Kittle on this team, blocking for the running back, blocking linebackers on running plays. Even when it's a screen pass to McCaffrey, George Kittle's downfield blocking linebackers, blocking safeties, blocking cornerbacks. The rest of the receivers on this team are taking like notes from George Kittle, blocking downfield. You see, guys, I, I, last week you saw Debo Samuel making a block, or two weeks ago, I think it was. Debo Samuel making a, a, a touchdown saving block on the one yard line to score, to get uh, Christian McCaffrey in the end zone, stuff like that. It's spreading like wildfire with him on the team. He is probably the MVP of this team, even though McCaffrey is the best. Like he's got a hundred some points more than the next running back. As far as fantasy football points are concerned, but George Kittle is the life and blood of this team. It runs around. I mean, it runs through George Kittle on this offense, man. Yeah, yeah, Kittle's amazing. I think he's the perfect guy for this team. He stayed healthy most of the year. Uh, like I said, CMC, I thought a whole year of CMC uh, being on uh, the Niners was going to be a difference maker. I traded for him everywhere in the offseason. I thought he was going to be fantastic, and he freaking was. I mean, just a great year out of him. Uh, led the league almost 1,500 yards rushing, sat out the last game. He was a touchdown machine. Uh, I think he would end up tying or breaking the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown scored. I know he was right there. I don't know. I can't remember. I think he did. I think he tied it and he missed the game. Yes. Uh, they tried to give him a touchdown that would have broke the record. Um, but yeah, if he stays healthy in the playoffs, I just think, I think this team is just too tough with him and, and the way everybody's playing. So I, I love the Niners. They're my early, they're my pick at the beginning of the season when the Super Bowl, and they're my pick now uh, out of the NFC to get there and win the Super Bowl. Let's go to one of my biggest misses, Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams were an absolute swing and a whiff for me in the offseason. I looked at their defense. I thought their defense looked shambles. I was like, who is going to play in the secondary? This team has got nobody outside of Aaron Donald. I looked uh Aaron Donald, excuse me, not Donald, Aaron Donald. And then on offense, I was like, if we have a banged up, I mean, Matt Stafford looked like he was finished last year. He was hurt all year, missed half the season. I thought it was over for him. Cooper Cup coming off injury. I'm like, what is this team going to do? This team is a dumpster fire. Stafford looked like the Stafford old coming out, slinging it. Puka Nakua, possible rookie of the year, set the rookie uh, receiver record. I had just an unbelievable year. Cooper Cup banged up a little bit, but when he played, he was good. And then the breakout candidate Kyron Williams what a year Kyron Williams over 1100 yards rushing I think he finished second behind CMC in rushing yards and he only played 12 games that's what's crazy Kyron Williams to me was the shocker the defense was better than I thought they were going to be I just thought this Rams team was going to be terrible I literally it was six and a half over under I said crush the under I said I can't see this game team winning three or four games I had them as my one of the two worst teams in the league. And this team went 10 and 7. 10 and 7, crushed the over under. I had them at 2 and 15. They crushed me, won eight more games, made me look stupid. 
And now I actually like this team in the playoffs. I like where they're rolling. I think they can upset the Lions. I I just – this is one of the bigger shockers to me this year, uh, what the Rams have done. Kyron Williams, Notre Dame boy. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, so I, I knew he was good, but I would have never thought this season was coming. Not a chance in, in – Snowball's chance in hell, I thought he'd do this kind of – and I was listening to a show the other day, and they were talking about right now ADP for redraft next year. They got Kyron Williams like in the, in the first round. That's, I mean, that's a little reach for me as far as that goes. I know he did pretty good this year, but man, I, I don't, I don't know about first round talent. You know, I, I, I don't think he's that he's made that way. He, he, people, anybody can do it on a short. I don't want to say anybody. Really talented players can do it in a in a short game span, but to do it for a season on top of season, I'm not sure Kyron Williams is that guy. I thought Zach Evans was going to kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a. We all he thought got, he was going to get a shot, and he got not, they nothing. They no looks for Zach Evans. Nothing, and then and like I'm, you don't have to say anything about Puka, and I, everybody kind of figured that Cooper Cup was it was oh man, this guy's washed. That Puka's going to take over here, and then Cup would have these big, huge bounce back games, and then kind of get lost again. And I don't know what's going on there, but it's it's a it's a nice one two punch to have both of those guys. And you know, Puka's, Puka Nakua is on top of the league as far as our wide receivers are concerned. I just, I'm just happy for Matt Stafford. I guess that's that's all I really want to say about this team is that Matt Stafford was beat up. They kind of left him on an island for dead here, and then he's revived this team into something special. I mean, remember we talked about, oh, should he retire in the offseason? And he was like, no, right. no way. I mean, this team has won seven of eight to end the year with their lone loss coming at Baltimore 37-31. Yeah. This is a team I, I keep my eyes open. In the NFC, uh, this Rams team, I'm telling you, th- this team, I-, I did not see it coming. I'm loving everything I'm seeing out of it. I'm loving the re- rejuvenated Stafford. I have him on a million fantasy teams, so it was fen- phenomenal for me to have that. But that was a team I was completely wrong on, and I really like uh, if they can keep this unit together and keep some of these guys healthy and Stafford can keep playing at this level. This this Ram team is going to be in the mix here for a while, and, and they're kind of my sneaky NFC team in the playoffs. So that was my big miss. Loved what the Rams have done this year. Uh, going to kind of the bad in the division, we'll start with the OK, the Seattle Seahawks. Their over-under was 8.5. I was right there on them. I thought that was a, a you know great number at 8.5. I took them at 9-8. and eight. This is another exacto I hit right at. They finished 9-8. and eight. I was right on. I just thought this team was middle of the road. I thought they were good enough to win certain games, not good enough to be one of the best teams in the league. Just missed the playoffs. They were in it to the very last week of the season, so it's not like they were a disappointing team. I just thought they would be right on that verge of the playoffs but just be out, and that's what happened at 9-8, and eight, just missing the playoffs by one game. Yeah, I, this team feels like that. That like they should have been better than what they are, but the, but they're not. But they also feel like they shouldn't be any better than they are. They they feel like a five hundred yeah. team, you know. I, uh-huh. I, I, they have so much talent in this team, but they just it's almost like they don't use it properly, or there's something wrong, or like it's it's not firing. It's it's not on the right uh, timing chain or something, you know. It's 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 just I, I don't get it. Like I think possibly next year with maybe JSN adding a little bit more spark than Tyler Lockett, if, if Tyler Lockett's gone might do something for this team, but DK Metcalf's a great player, but he still seems like a one-trick pony to me sometimes where he's only good on the outside. He's only, you know, he makes the big plays, but that's all he's good for is a couple of big plays a game. I, you know, in the, the running game, I like Ken Walker. I like Zach Charbonnet, but I think, I, I think Zach Charbonnet, they both underproduced as far as I'm concerned. They, they weren't like, they weren't like league winners. You know, I, I like Ken Walker a lot, but I expected 
I, I guess I expected more that them to share the backfield a little bit more. And Zach Charbonnet, when he got the chance to be a little bit better, and some games, some games he was just not not even come coming close to what I expected from him. Yeah, and I think I think they need to improve a little bit on defense. Uh, the Devin Witherspoon's pick, uh, top five, really surprised a lot of people. When he was healthy, he was phenomenal for the Seahawks on the outside, uh, the rookie out of Illinois. Uh, but he missed some games, was banged up. I think this team's a couple a couple players away. I just don't know if Geno's the guy to get him over the hill. That's, you know, the, that's the issue for me. I, I, I like Geno. I think he's a solid NFL player. But Geno feels like 500 football to me, and I feel like that's where this team is just at with him. You, do you think having another coach that's not so run oriented would change the the uh, the uh, like the how do you call it like it would change this team's structure a lot where they maybe pass the ball more and be better with the receivers they have or or is it kind of like one of those situations where you have to use a team because these are these are these are the hands you dealt yourself now with these play with these running backs and wide receivers that are on your team? Yes, a quarterback upgrade would be nice, uh, you know. But we all talked about you know, hey, instead of having Geno out there. You know, there's this nice guy named Drew Locke on the bench. You know, why don't you use him a little more? You know, maybe this team would just look a little different with somebody throwing the YOLO balls up there. But I, I just – 500, just, they just feel like 500. Yeah, I, I agree completely with you. Not everything. I'd love to see Drew Locke get a look. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see some team give him a, a, a shot. Um, I just – I feel like this Seahawks team is just in a rut. I feel like they're going to be 9-8, and 10-7, barely on the edge of the playoffs every year kind of what they were this year. Uh, another team, record-wise, was bad. Everyone thought they were going to be bad, but they actually were more competitive than I thought they would be was the Arizona Cardinals. They were, you know, over, under, four and a half. I took the under. I had them with the Rams as one of my worst teams in the league. Uh, I had them at two and 15. I just didn't see how this team was going to win games. Um Without Kyler Murray, with him coming into the season on the injury, I just didn't feel good about their defense. It's, everything about this team worried me. Uh, I had them two and fifteen. They ended up finishing four and thirteen, so I hit my under of four and a half, uh, four and thirteen. But this team played better than four and thirteen, and they actually looked fairly decent down the stretch with Kyler Murray. As everyone was worried, you know, is Murray going to be the guy? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to cut him? Are they going to draft a QB? It looks like they're sticking with Murray. And he actually, you know, I don't know what you thought at the end of the year. They didn't win a lot of games, but he looked pretty good, and he kept them in a lot of games. What I thought was this team well overachieved. If you would have told me watching football that this team only won four games this year, I'd have been like, get out of here. They look really good, man. The, the emergence of Trey McBride this year, which I, you know, I love Trey McBride. It was, it, was a, it was a great – he's a great player in college. He's emerging as a great player in the NFL, but – Losing James Conner for a handful of games, having Michael Carter being out for a couple games, where you had players like Amari Dumercado as your starting running back, and you know a bunch of handful of other guys had come and gone through the the the, the running back backfield, and it's like, man, I, I don't understand what if they didn't if they were to stay healthy and have a James a, a healthy James Conner all year long, and uh, I mean Michael Wilson. Well, we all like Michael Wilson a little bit, but I expected him to be a little bit more too. But you, you can't really with Greg Dortch and, and Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore being like your number one guy on this team. I, I don't I don't know what they really kind of expected, you know. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, let's jump over to the uh, NFC uh, North Division, uh, the Detroit Lions. Everybody came in; they were the favorites. They hadn't won the division. Uh, what was it, thirty years or something like that? Uh, just but people thought, hey, finally. 
finally it's going to be Detroit's year. The over-under was nine and a half. I thought this team was going to be a solid team. I thought they improved defensively. I Even though they got kind of crushed in the draft for some of their draft picks, I liked what they did in the draft. Nine and a half was the over-under. I took them at 11 and six. I had them clearing that over, going 11 and six, winning the division. They ended up finishing 12 and five in winning the division. So I got my over. They won the division. It was nice. 12 and five, just a really solid season. And it was great to see the Lions be favorites and then actually play like favorites for once. Yeah, this is 100% on Jared Goff. Uh, he he uh, pretty much took this team on his back. Amon Ross St. Brown is – I was never a big fan of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I I know how good of a player he is, but I got I, I was wrong on him. He's a, he's a tier two running back. He's he's probably in the top five I'm a running back, top five receiver in the league now. Maybe even like you know, some people have number four. I have him like probably five or six. But either way, he's a top tier wide receiver or you know, a second tier wide receiver, and really just someone I can't avoid anymore. And just kind of say that yes, he's awesome. You know, and Jameson Williams a failure uh, so far. Josh Reynolds kind of overachieved sometimes. I was expecting Donald People Jones to come on here and maybe if James Williams didn't succeed, maybe DPJ step in and, you know, but I, he's only getting like one target a game, if at all, more of a decoy for plays like that. Jameer Gibbs, you can't say enough about him. And, you know, this him and the David Montgomery backfield are, 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 are great tandems. But this is Jared Goff has looked really good in some of these games this year. Having Sam Laporte on the side who, you know, he looks like, he has a really good possibility to play this week in the playoffs. It was a look really bad on TV, but it looks like it's just a bone bruise now. So if they can keep Sam Laporta, get, get him on the field this game, you know, they've got a pretty good, pretty decent chance to uh, possibly advance in the playoffs, but you know, that's they're overachievers for sure. Yeah. Hopefully Laporta injury is not too bad. He was phenomenal this year. Loved him. Uh, he, he was great. A team that I thought was going to be sneaky, kind of in the mix, and then the injuries put them out was the Vikings. Kirk Cousins was on a crazy pace to start this year. He looked like he was going to have the best season of his career. This team looked like, you know, they got off to a slow start, lost the first couple games, three in a row, and then you thought, okay, maybe this team's going to like start putting it together. I thought they were going to be in the mix. I had them on the verge of the playoffs. Their over-under to start the year was eight and a half. I had them at 10 and seven. No Kirk Cousins. The fact that they finished seven and 10, I thought was pretty unbelievable uh, without Cousins in there. We had those uh, Josh Dobbs days where he came in, saved the day for a while, won a couple games in a row before they kind of fell off to end the year. They ended up losing uh, six of their last seven after a five-game winning streak in the middle of the year. Uh, I think, you know, if you're the Vikings, I think you got to be fairly happy where you finished. The fact that the offense was still pretty good. You missed Justin Jefferson a ton. You missed Kirk Cousins almost the whole year. The defense was better because they were atrocious the year before. They were a little bit better this year. They really couldn't figure out a run game with Madison for the most part after letting down Cook go. I don't know why. I don't feel like I should feel good about the Vikings, but I kind of feel decent about the Vikings going forward. If they re-sign Cousins and he comes back from the injury, I feel like this team in the Central, uh, or excuse me, in the North, I feel like this team could be could be a pretty solid team next year with, with the weapons they have with Addison 
and Cousins and Jefferson and Hawkinson, another guy who got hurt and missed most of the year. I feel like this team was a bounce back candidate next year. What do you think? Man, I, I I think everybody you you nailed it before saying when when they lost Dalvin Cook, I think everybody thought, oh, that's it, man. It's the wins out of the sales in this offense. The whole team ran around Dalvin Cook, and you know Alexander Madison did okay. Ty Chandler stepped in for a couple games, did really good, but I, I mean Captain Kirk, it was unbelievable this year. Unbelievable this year. I for when he like we were talking on the last episode or last show. He was over going to be five thousand yards and over some like forty nine or fifty two touchdowns or something like that. If his all his stats were were, were to go throughout the entire season, amazing season. They're going to have to bring him back. I, I, I yes, draft a quarterback. You should draft a quarterback every year in the NFL just to have some kind of competition or have somebody coming through the through the ranks. But I'm not sure if Kirk starts the season on IR or the pup or whatever to you know because of his knee situation. But man, I uh, I you can't say enough. Uh, about Captain Kirk Cousins and what he's done for this team, and he's why they were, he's why why they are where they were because of what, how dominant he was when he played. Hmm. The next team that I was out on at the beginning of the year, I just didn't see it with Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I liked their defense. I thought their defense would get, get, keep them in it. I was worried about the wide receivers. I was worried about Aaron Jones staying healthy. Packers were over seven and a half wins. Uh, the start of the year, I didn't believe in them. I took the under. I actually had the Packers at five and twelve. This team got it together. Jordan Love played pretty solid, and the defense was good. They finished nine and eight and snuck into the playoffs. A little surprise, as I actually thought the Vikings would be that playoff team, other playoff team uh, from the North, but it ended up being the Packers. Uh, Love and the offense uh, showing some real improvement. If you're a Packers fan, you got to be pretty excited. Uh, what about what the future brings? One of two things happened here. Either A, Jordan Love took some really big steps this year, became a much better quarterback, or B, they have a lot of really young, talented wide receivers on this team. And Dontavian Wicks, you know, Malik Heath, Bo Melton, you know, guys, you know, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson were hurt almost half the year. Jaden Reed looks fantastic. So I don't know if it's Jordan Love making these guys look good or these, or, or, if it's a case where Jordan Love's taking steps and these wide receivers are all uh, were underrated and they're this good going forward. These, this this NFC North team and division is going to be in big trouble when they when they when they get some more running back help, uh, bolster the offensive line a little bit, and get and get some more players on defense because these young guys are going to be here for a couple more years, man, and they are they are looking really really good. Yeah, like I said, they were the surprise to me. I I wasn't sure what I I thought Love would be. I thought they were missing some pieces on offense, but they were much more impressive than I thought they would be uh, this year. Nice job by them uh, making the playoffs. Uh, Me and you, we got to talk about them. The Chicago Bears were both from Illinois. Both have a ton of friends that are Bears fans. The Bears came in after, you know, basically having the number one pick last year, the worst team in the league. Over under was kind of high at seven and a half. I thought was a little high to start the year for where they were coming from. I thought the team would be improved. They played a lot of tough games last year, even though they, their record was bad. I thought they'd be in the mix. I still thought if a couple games go their way, I think I was a little over. I had too many of my friends in my ears yeah. starting the year. I actually had picked the bears. Originally I had said nine, uh, 10 and seven. And then I had kind of talked my way back into more like nine and eight. Uh, they ended up going seven and 10. So if you had the bears over that hurt as they just missed the over, they went under at seven and 10. 
I had him on the over. I talked myself into it. That was probably one of those bets. I, I let the uh, friends influence the bears look good at times. Justin Fields missed a lot of games, or I think they maybe do go over. I mean, if, if they have fields the whole season, they, they had to bring up the uh, D2 rookie Tyler Badgett had to come in uh, and play, uh, start a few games while he was out. This team was right there. I mean, you say what you want about the Bears. They looked absolutely horrible at times. Then they looked really good at other times. They looked completely outmatched one week, and then they come out, and the offense would look great the next week. They were just a little bit all over the place. I mean, they were a, a bad call and a field goal away from beating Cleveland late in the season. They, If they would have beat the Packers, they could have knocked the Packers out of the playoffs and got the over if they would have won the last game of the year, which was a 17-9 loss. They just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. This Bears team, I feel like, is heading the right direction. The defense was way improved. I mean, so much improved. All the uh, rookies and second-year guys played really well. They've got to keep that move in the right direction. Big question offseason. You and me know everyone's going to talk about it all offseason. Do the Bears trade down from the number one pick that they got from the Carolina Panthers? Or do they turn around and they they take Caleb Williams or another QB number one in trade fields. I think this this decision is going to decide this franchise for the next decade. The the continuity, the lack of continuity in the backfield with, you know, Khalil Herbert was doing good, then he'd get hurt. Roshan Johnson started with a concussion, then he got, you know, a couple banged up injuries. Deontay Foreman looked good, then they tried to replace him with Khalil Herbert and then put Roshan back in for a couple plays. And then – Next year, when DJ Moore is the number two receiver, and you replace Darnell, Moore, Darnell Mooney with a f- fantastic young stud wide receiver or a great free agent, and then replace Tower Scott or Vellis Jones or whoever you throw at the you know the other side with another good receiver, this team could be you know the a couple offensive linemen, a couple good receivers, and some continuity in the backfield here with with Justin Fields at quarterback and uh, and a much improved defense. So I think this team's they're going places, man. I was really kind of. I was down on the Bears for a while, and I, yeah, everybody's in my ears saying about DJ Moore, and he had a good season, you know, but he had a couple really, really, really big games that kind of padded his stats, too. I mean, he had some stinkers, too. He had some really big stinkers also, but he's a great player. He needs a little bit more uh, help on the, uh, you know, decoys on the – on the. Uh, if DJ Moore is the wide receiver, two on his team, the Bears are going to be fantastic. But uh, Justin Fields just has to – he's got to read defenses better. He can't sit and hold the ball and get beat up in the backfield, and he's got to learn how to slide – instead of waiting to the last second and, you know, trying to get the extra yard. Him One thing I will, I will say ahead. about that, Justin Fields, he took more personal foul hits this year that didn't get called than any QB in the league. I mean, it was insane how often he took hits to the helmet. Uh, he was sliding and took a hit and they never called it. If I'm the league, I'm making a videotape of every hit he took this year and send it to the league and say, this has to be changed next year. It's got to get cleaned up because it was atrocious how many times he took bad hits and never got a call. He's got a slide earlier. I mean, that's it, 50% on him and 50% of the referees for like making, if you put the referee in a situation where they have to make the call because you made, you did something stupid. I waiting too long to slide. That's half on you also. So I, I get it what you're saying, but it, Justin Fields has to say, I'm not getting the one more yard. I'm going to slide now and not get hit. And I will put myself in a situation. All right, let's jump into the NFC South. Our last division is, uh, John, I've talked your ear off enough here. i got to <laughs> get you out of here. Uh, 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is another one of my huge misses. Huge misses. I didn't see where they were getting wins this year. I didn't believe in Baker. I I was really nervous about the defense. I just thought, even though this division was weak, I just was really down on Tampa coming the year. Over-under was six and a half. I probably was a little, not probably, I was way too harsh on them. I took the under. I had him at two and 15. Again, I had him as one of the three worst teams in the league. Baker played much better than I thought. Uh, their defense was much improved. Uh, Antoine Winfield was just an absolute stud in the secondary for them. They end up going nine and eight. They clear the over. They end up winning the division. And now they're hosting the Eagles in the first round. I was way off on this team. I actually very impressed with what they were able to do this year. And me and you were talking about earlier. If somehow Baker wins a playoff game at home against the Eagles this week, how do you not sign Baker for next season? I don't know how you don't. I my biggest surprise in this team was Rashad White. I, I well, I'm not. There's a lot of surprises in this team. That's why they went nine and eight. I, Rashad White was somebody I thought was yes. We all knew he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. We all knew that Tampa Bay had a really bad running running offensive line, and Rashad White was not a between tackles guy. And as the season progressed, he learned how to run the ball. The offensive line was blocking better. He, he's rushing for 100 yards. He's catching for 100 yards. He's doing it all. And I'm like, oh my god, I traded this guy away for peanuts to get him off my team. And and sure enough, I thought Sean Tucker might be taking some snaps away from him as the season went on. Baker, with the, it was between him and Kyle Trask up until the last week of the season. Like, who's going to be a starter? They, didn't, they weren't even sure about that. Baker got the job and ran with it. And then, you know, I, I expected Trey Palmer to take some, some bigger steps this year, which didn't happen. But Mike Evans definitely uh, took the reins on that. On that, he, I mean, he was a dominant, dominant wide receiver. And when needed, when they needed Chris Evans to be somebody, uh, or Chris Godwin to be somebody throughout the the season, he had a couple big games in key spots where they really needed him to be. So, I'm. I'm I'm very, very pleasantly surprised with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Yeah, a team that was fighting to the very end to make the playoffs and were in at one time were the New Orleans Saints. I was I was really up in the air on this Saints team. They traded for Derek Carr. Uh, their over-under was nine and a half. I felt like they were right around a 500 team. Um, I thought... Some teams might knock them off in certain situations. I actually took the under at seven and 10. The under ended up hitting because they only won nine and it was nine and a half, but they went nine and eight slightly better than I thought they would be. They were in the mix. This was a team that was hard to figure out all year as sometimes they look pretty good. And then other times you're like, what is this team doing? They won quite a few close games. Occasionally you turned in, tuned in and their offense looked great. And then the next week you can't figure out what they're doing. Uh, it, was, it was a strange year uh, for the Saints. Um, I think they felt like they let one slip away, not winning the division and letting the Bucks get it. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, maybe in a suspension, got a lot of people kind of, oh, we're going to miss three games of fantasy production. And he came back and killed it for almost every time he was on the field. I mean, he had a couple stinkers, but guy's a, he's a special player. Uh, Chris Olave, you know, he had he had a couple couple bad interactions with Derek Carr throughout the season, but I think they've, they've, they've kind of figured that out a little bit. Your boy, A.T. Perry, had a couple touchdowns the other day in the last couple weeks. Um, he, he looks pretty good now, too. I, I'm not sure if they're going to keep Derek Carr, if Derek Carr is the answer of the future here, but uh, I don't know what they're going to do here. This this team has a lot of question marks, and I'm not sure there are not glaring question marks, but they're just question marks. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. I just This team is kind of in a holding pattern. 
you know, they've got to decide if Derek Carr is the answer. If he is, how much, how much longer is he the answer? They give him one more year to see if he can turn it around. Is it longer than that? Uh, the defense is pretty good. It's getting older. They've got some older players. Uh, I thought the defense would be a little bit better than they were this year. Uh, to tell you the truth, I felt like they might be a little more of a shutdown unit than they were. They did have some really good games throughout. I mean, team finished strong. They won four out of five to kind of finish it up, but they just had some hiccups uh, early in the season, and, and that ended up costing them for making the playoffs. Is this team easily could have won one or two more games and won, and made the playoffs, but they were kind of right where I thought they would be. Uh, slightly finished better uh, than I than I thought they would. Uh, there, the uh, a team that everybody wants to talk about in fantasy, Atlanta Falcons. So many yeah. weapons. So much stuff for fantasy. People thought, hey, man, this team is a bad division. They've got a shot this year. The over-under was actually eight and a half for the Falcons. They were plus 250 to win the division. I uh, I thought that number was right on at eight, eight and a half wins. I actually took the under on that. I took them at eight and nine, but I actually thought eight and nine could win this division. I thought someone might win it with just uh, with a slightly under 500 record. Ended up being nine and eight. Uh, won the division is uh, Tampa Bay again, like I said, nine and eight. New Orleans finished nine and eight. Uh, Atlanta finished seven and ten, and the Carolina two and fifteen. I had them eight and nine. They finished seven and ten. They were right there in the mix all year. Uh, they were one of the most frustrating teams to watch all year for me, not only fantasy wise, but I felt like every time I took them, they lost. Every time I went against them, they won. I could not figure this team out for the life of me this year. I didn't know who was going to show up. Just a lot of talent on this team. Uh, it, it's a good sign for the future. When the like, you know we talked about before, they're in they're in almost every game. They're not they're not getting killed by anybody. They're not killing anybody. They're having you know they, they show flashes across the board. Drake London is a buy low for sure. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a buy low for sure. B. John Robinson. I, I, I'm not even gonna say buy low for these guys. I guess because everybody knows what their talent level. But but man, I, I they're just gonna be major producers going forward when they find a quarterback. So. If you if there's a chance to get any one of those three players, I I would highly recommend getting them all when as soon as possible. Yeah, they they were the opposite of the Saints. They just they crumbled down the stretch, lost four out of five. So I mean, this was a team that was in first place, and they just could not get it done down the stretch. Arthur Smith ended up getting fired. People are hoping that means some kind of reprieve, or you know, on the offensive side of the ball to get those guys involved. Um, and the biggest, I think the question is, like a lot of teams, where is this team going with QB? They started the year with Desmond Ritter. Uh, they ended up replacing him with Ta- Taylor Heineke for part of the year, then went back to Ritter when Heineke got banged up. Uh, I think this team's got to really figure out, you know, is are they going to give Ritter another year, which I think would be s- kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, do they go try to get a veteran? Do they trade for a Justin Fields? Do they go get a Russell Wilson? Uh, do they think they're close enough? If they get a, a veteran like Wilson, they'll spend the extra money for a year or two. That's the big question mark for me. And then obviously the head coach and offensive coordinator is going to be big uh, for the Falcons. Cause again, in a, in a division that's pretty wide open, uh, this team had every opportunity to win this division to make the playoffs and they just couldn't get it done. Just could not get it done. I don't know what's going to happen to them. They with a quarterback on this. If they do get Justin Fields, like what happens to this team? You know, like it's it's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it could be really interesting. And then we'll finish it off. The best way to finish it off: the worst place team in the league, the Carolina Panthers. 
I tell you what, I don't think I changed my decision on a team more than when we did this show, mm-hmm. when the schedule came out, and when the season got ready to start. I was fairly high on the Panthers when they got Bryce Young with the number one pick. They hired Frank Reich from the Colts. I kind of liked what they did at the end of the year, uh, you know, at the end of last season. I thought, man, this is a bad division. This team might compete in this division. They're not going to be great, but they could be in the mix. And by the closer it got to the year, I just started looking at this roster going, I don't know if I like it. (laughs) I think these guys could be really bad. And I, I totally changed my mind. So originally, uh, to start off the season, when I looked at the record, their over-under was 7.5. So I wasn't the only one that they thought they would be in the mix in this division at 7.5 as well. I thought they would be an under team, but I thought they'd be much more reasonable. I had them 6-11. and 11. I thought they would improve a little bit over the year before. I thought they'd kind of be in the mix, but they were a couple pieces away. By the time the season started, I thought this was maybe a two or three win team. I had kind of adjusted my thoughts. I'm like, yeah, this team might be worse than I thought it was going to be. They end up going worst record in the league, two and 15. Of course, they don't have their number one pick because they traded the Bears last year in order to move up and get Bryce Young with the number one pick. Where Where is this team going? Because I feel like if there's any team that feels like a dumpster fire right now, it's the Carolina Panthers. I don't know because I, I like, I think. I know that Jonathan Mingo is a, is a talented reader. I know a lot of people don't like him. I, I like Jonathan Mingo. LaVisca Chenault is, you know, I, I guess there's a lot, a lot of players on here. You know, Hayden Hurst getting hurt and and just what they have on the field of Terrace Marshalls. Who, again, I don't understand why Terrace Marshall's not 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 panning out. Adam Thielen was the savior of this team along with, like, I, I like Tommy Tremble, but we've all said it before. He's just a blocker. He's just He's a great blocker. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's only had a couple touchdowns this year, which this is his first receiving touchdown ever this year, and he had three of them, I think, throughout the season. But Bryce Young just is is not getting it done. Again, a guy who showed some kind of flashes a little bit, but I, I don't know what the – like, do, do they – I you know, I really don't know what direction they're heading because it, it, either it's the quarterback or all the receivers are terrible. And I think it has to do a little more, more with the quarterback than it did with the quarterback situation the last couple of years than it is the wide receivers because these guys – should be panning out. They all can't be. Every one of them can't be bad. Yeah, it, this team. It, if you just look at the numbers, I mean, yes, they had the least amount of wins in the league at two and fifteen. They were bad. Their two wins were 15-13 over Houston and nine to seven over Atlanta. That was their two victories. Winning margin, a combined four points, and they got blown out in a lot of games. Frank Wright got fired. Didn't even get a whole season in. Uh, so that wasn't good. I don't know where the direction of this team is going. Uh, you hate to put a guy like Bryce Young in the middle of that because that's never good for a young QB. I it thought is. their defense would be better than they were, but they weren't. Uh, the running game was kind of a mess. Miles Sanders, I thought they would kind of lean on him. He didn't do much at all this year. They actually kind of went over to Chuba uh, Hubbard, and Hubbard was more of their guy. He had a couple good games for him, but this this Carolina team was bad. And I, it just seems like they need a lot, a lot of changes, a lot of personnel changes. It'll be interesting with coaching wise where they go, but I felt so much better about this team at the end of last season than I do this year for sure. Really happy about the Miles Sanders uh, implant here, and it didn't work out. I don't know what happened there, man. I was a big Miles Sanders fan. I tried trading for him a lot in the off season. 
I thought he would be good there. I thought they would lean on him with a rookie running back or excuse me, a rookie quarterback. I thought they'd get him a little more involved, but this team got down in so many games and they just, ah, it it was just, it was just a mess from the beginning. And hopefully Bryce Young gets a whole off season. They get a coach in there soon to figure out what they're doing with them. But, but this Panthers team, I don't see, excuse me. I don't see them turning around uh, very soon. No way. Not a chance. All right, John, we'll we'll finish it up here. Playoffs, we're not going to go through every game who we think is going to win and lose in the playoffs. Uh, I've already said it on mine. I'm taking Niners over Bills is my Super Bowl, Super Bowl prediction. I think the Niners coming out of the NFC, Bills out of the AFC. Who do you got? I really can't argue with that. I'm a huge Bills fan. I, I, I want as much, everybody wants to see. The Bills won a Super Bowl finally. They they lost four in a row when I was a kid. I was in my heyday as a kid in my high school years, you know. So I feel sorry for them. The Lions would be obviously everybody's favorite to go in there and win a Super Bowl. They they've been so long, but you know, taking taking the heartstrings out of the out of the decisions here, just going with the two best teams. I, I think the Bills have what it takes to win the AFC and the NFC. The 49ers just seem unstoppable right now. So that, I, I guess it's kind of hard. I, I don't want to go just how do you call it chalk here, you know, but. Yeah, it just seems like the Fort Niners are for sure chalk. It's all it's, it's going to take the, the AFC is more of a uh, you know a, t- a toss up, I guess, because there's a lot more. It's more diverse as far as anybody could win kind of thing. But I'm not really seeing anybody get in the way of the Fort Niners. They're they're just a wrecking ball right now. Yeah, uh, John, let everybody know where they can catch you on all the social medias and all the stuff you do in the fantasy world. John McGlynn, 75 on the X machine. I do uh, a couple things for fantasy and frames. I, I, every once in a while, if something's going on dynasty pros, I'll catch me on here. Uh, fan tracks with Nick script. I do my commission evaluation show on there. My YouTube channel is commission evaluation, YouTube channel. And my podcast is on all the podcast networks, commission evaluation podcast. You can find that on uh, pretty much all the platform, all the podcast platforms. So Thanks for having me on, JT. You can uh, rest your mouth now. We got about four hours of talking in today, so <laughs> yeah, we uh, it's been a good time. I'm glad we got to go back over this. We just looked at the beginning of the season. Yep, make sure to check him out, Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. I jump on there as like a host whenever I can. You can find my show, uh, The Stew with JT Brew, on Dynasty Pros YouTube channel. Also, you can search up The Stew with JT Brew YouTube channel. You can find it there. Um, you can find me at JT Orange on the X. If you're in IDP, that kind of stuff, I write uh, waiver wire pickups for IDP and on fan tracks during the season. And then I do uh, rankings for IDP on DLF. So if you're a DynastyLeagueFootball.com member, you can jump on there. Look at me, Justin T. You can find my IDP rankings, which I'll be updating throughout the season. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. For John McGlynn, I'm Justin Taylor. You've been watching The Stew. Check you next time. Peace. Uh, you up on trades and wire moves. You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery.